Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. Today, we're honored to have Patrick Carlin. Is He's a Catholic activist, writer, speaker, you know, real activist, folks. Uh, Patrick currently serves as the director of Catholic Outreach for Vote Common Good. And previously, he served as the executive director of the Franciscan Action Network and co-founded the Global Catholic Climate Movement. Patrick Welcome once again to Politics Done Right. We are here. We're happy to have you again. Thank you. It's, it's always great to be on with you. I love uh, having conversations with you, and I love the work that you do. So thank you for doing what you do. Thank you so kindly. Mm -hmm. Now, you recently wrote an article that, um, that really touched me. It's called mm -hmm. USA, colon, this election, the choice is simple, hope or hatred. Before we go into the content of that, uh, that article. Why exactly did you write that article? Well, I, you know, as a Catholic, uh, I've been thinking a lot about, I mean, I'm, you know, I've been a Biden supporter, <clears throat> excuse me, but I've been um, thinking a lot about and we've been doing a lot of work on how we can influence other Catholics um, to think about because, you know, as you know, if you've been following, there's been a number of bishops and priests who have come out and said that it's a mortal sin for Catholics to vote for Joe Biden. And so I really wanted to counter that argument um, with something I had written an article previously that said that why I as a Catholic was supporting Joe Biden because of his position on abortion, not in spite of his position. Um, so we're trying to reach out to, you know, there's still a small group, maybe 5% of Catholics, particularly white Catholics and white evangelicals as well, who are undecided. I mean, I think for the most part, the election is, is decided, but they're still at 5%. And that 5%, I think, are going to determine who wins this election. It's in states like Pennsylvania, in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Ohio. And so I wanted to write an article that can really get to the heart of it. This is about the, who we are as a, a people, a people of faith, who we are as a nation. It's about the soul of our nation. And it's about, do you support hope or do you support hatred and fear? And that's really, the choice is pretty crystal clear. Now, you are all over the place, and so you see a lot, but there is a quote in the Bible that you use, Jeremiah 22, 3, it says, do what is just and right, rescue from the hand of the oppressor, the one who has been robbed, do no wrong or violence to the foreigner, the fatherless or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place. Now, as it turns out, uh, there is one issue on abortion. That, uh, that the Democratic Party as a tenant supports. And then there are all the things that Donald Trump has been doing in his name, in the name of the country. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you weigh those given, for those who are biblical, for those who are Catholics, for those who follow this word, how do you decide which one is the better candidate to have, which one is better for America? Well, I, you know, first of all, let me address the issue of abortion as a Catholic. Um, and I could be, you know, um, I could be opposed to abortion and support Joe Biden, because if I look at the data, you know, the abortion rate has gone down when Democrats have been in office. And the Republicans, I mean, their whole platform is on just, you know, uh, slogans, defund Planned Parenthood or overturn Roe versus Wade. That's what their whole platform is. They don't actually talk about what that means. And so if you're gonna defund Planned Parenthood, there's two things that will happen if you do that. The first thing is 
a lot of women, poor women, will no longer have access to health care. Um, and so you're going to eliminate the health care for a lot of poor women. And the second thing is the abortion rate is going to go way up because Planned Parenthood supplies uh, most of the birth control or a lot of birth control to poor women. And if they can't get access to birth control, there's going to be a lot more pregnancies and a lot more pregnancies lead to a lot more abortions. And so the Republican platform really is not about ending abortion. It has nothing to do with ending abortion. It's about politicizing the issue and um, turning it into a us versus them issue. The Democrats, on the other hand, and people like Joe Biden and others, while they accept the Roe versus Wade is the rule of the land, um, would want to work to reduce the number of abortions and what are the steps we can take. And the steps you can take to reduce the number of abortions is to provide health care, to provide uh, prenatal care, to provide good family leave policies, all of those types of things that the Democrats support. So on the issue of abortion, I think the Democrats are the stronger policy from my perspective. So that's a non-issue then. All the other issues, you know, you, you've seen the children at the border. I've been down to the border. Let, let me ask you to let me ask you to hold right there because yeah. I want to show you that you're uh, you are representing what you think the Catholic position is should really be. Now, yes. I want to show you that even even some evangelicals are starting to uh, get the point, get to your point. Uh, I don't know if you know who Billy Graham's granddaughter is. Yes. Her name is Jerusha Duford. I seen and the video. This is what she said. She yes. said. For me, pro-life does not just mean life inside the womb. Pro-life means different things as far as we uh, just talked about at the border, healthcare, poverty, homelessness, all of these things show that for me, if you are going to be pro-life, you've got to be pro-adoption and pro-foster care. I wish that the Republicans would value life outside the womb more. So I just don't think pro-life and anti-abortion pro-life are two different things. Absolutely correct. I, I've seen the video um, where she um, did that. Um, it's a great video. We're very happy at Vote Common Good. We helped um, sponsor that and get that out there. Um, but she's absolutely correct. And there are a lot more evangelicals who are starting to think that way. I mean, Vote Common Good is an organization made up of both Catholic and evangelicals. Mm -hmm. And that's the message we're trying to get there that, you know, if you want to end abortion, here's what you have to do. If you look at a country like Canada, the Netherlands that has the most liberal abortion laws in the world and they have an abortion rate way below what our abortion rate is. So there's a reason why that is. It's because they offer health care. They offer good family leave policies. They offer all of those things that you need to do so that women have good choices to make then. Right now, women don't really, poor women in particular, um, don't have other choices to make. And so we have to make sure that there's choices there. And, you know, and, you know, we talked before, my wife and I were foster parents. We've adopted several children. We took in several other children as foster parents. I have two brothers who have adopted. So we're a good Irish Catholic family that actually believes that abortion is not just about protecting the child in the womb, but protecting all children. And if you really believe that, then go out and take in some foster kids and start adopting children. Don't be standing in front of Planned Parenthood trying now, to stop women from getting health care. Now, making it a wider issue, you gave a very touching story about uh, your mother immigrating, immigrating <laughs> to the United States and, <laughs> and what she instilled in you about immigrants. 
And why don't you tell us? Because when I read that, I'm like, your mother was a mother. She was. <laughs> she was an awesome person. Uh, she also had a great sense of humor. Um, that's where I picked that up from, I believe. Um, <laughs> so, but, but yeah, my mother and my father came from Ireland in 1950. They were immigrants from Ireland. Um, they had no money. They had no job skills um, and uh, no education. So, you know, today they would not have been allowed into this country. But they came over. My mother's from Belfast. She's Catholic. It wasn't a good time to be a Catholic in Belfast when she was growing up and when she was living there. So they came to America with a dream and hope and hope that her children and her grandchildren could have a better life. And my mother, you know, she also, what she did have was a strong faith. You know, when I was growing up, we had two pictures on our wall. One was John Kennedy and one was Pope John the 23rd. That were the two main pictures on our wall. Um, and it was long after John uh, F. Kennedy died, we still had his picture up on the wall. Um, but she had that strong sense of Catholic or Catholic faith. And she also just had a strong sense of justice. She understood that, um, you know, she had been discriminated against when she grew up in Belfast. She didn't want to see other people treated the way she was treated, regardless of color. And she instilled that in each of us, each of her children. And let me say, she came to America as I said, they had nothing. She said to me one day, I came with a dream. I asked her and she said, I came with a dream and a hope. And I was blessed that I got to see my dream come true. So you have to promise me that you're going to work to see that all these other mothers that are coming because the mothers from El Salvador and Guatemala are no different than I was when I came in 1950. And they have the same dream and the same hope. And so, and that, that, was, that is what was touching that she could equate her situation with the situation of others trying to get here. And mm -hmm. this is completely anathema to the beliefs of the current president of the United oh, yes. States, number one. And, and, and number two, many people who have your experience as they become, uh, what's the word, Americanized, if mm -hmm. you will, they themselves now are some of the perpetrators of yes. the same type of evil their, their, their leader has them to, why don't you kind of give yeah, some perspective? And, that, and that's that. absolutely true. And it, you know, it, to me, it's just one of the things that, that, that uh, bothers me the most, particularly um, in Irish Catholic populations, um, is that, you know, when the Irish came over, they were discriminated against. Um, you know, there were signs up that said no Irish need to apply. And then they managed to, to overcome that and work their way up and, and become um, active American citizens. You think they would understand what other people were going through, what they went through, and then not do the same thing to other people. And that's what's happening now. And it's not just among the Irish Catholics, but it's among white people um, in general who, who forget where they came from. And, you know, and let me also say this whole argument that, well, and people say this to me, well, your parents came here legally. My parents came on a visitor's visa and they never left. So they may have came here legally, but they long stayed past their visitors. And visa. that is how most immigrants Absolutely. are here. They can't come on an, uh, on a immigrant, um, on a vacation visa or something, and then they stay. But they additionally, stay. Uh, I, I think that the, in the, the country's initial sin, anyhow, by conquering a country that was already, a place a that country. was already, not a yeah. country, but a, a lot of many tribes yeah. that were already there, uh, who dare, how dare you now uh, take some, uh, some position that you just have that 
inalienable right to be here and no one else. I think our genesis dictates that we are an open country that makes it easy for others to come. I absolutely agree. We, you know, we were founded that way. Um, And, 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 you know, Dwight D. Eisenhower was a Republican and he talked about the importance of immigration and how we are a nation of immigrants and we should be welcoming immigrants into this country. It is how we were founded. It is what what made us great. Um, And now people want to pull back from that and they want to, you know, close our borders. Um, That's not what we're founded. And that's also goes far away from the teachings of Jesus. So it's not just the teachings, the value of our fathers who founded this country. And, and, you know, as horrible as it was what they did here, we are here today. So let's make the best of that. Let's go back and, and, you know, admit our, our wrongs and go forward. But um, we can't just keep saying that, well, this is my country, America, love it or leave it. <laughs> it makes know? no sense. Now, <laughs> the title of your, your piece, again, was the election, uh, the election, the choice is simple, hope or hatred. And what I love that you did in the piece is you expand that hope and hatred for real, but also love means Loving the environment. Love means mm-hmm. all these issues, the Green New Deal, et cetera. Why don't you expand on some of those? Well, and, and you know, as you know, I worked for the Franciscans for many years, and I'm part of the Franciscan family. And this all comes from, from the teachings of St. Francis of Assisi and, you know, and, and other Franciscan saints like St. Bonaventure and Don Scotus and those folks, where they taught that we're all part of creation. You know, it's this idea that as people of faith, we sometimes believe that we have to first be in right relationship with God. And we do that by praying, by going to church on Sunday and and all this stuff. And then when we're in right relationship with God, we can work on being in right relationship with the rest of creation. What we should be doing is being in right relationship with all of creation. And then in doing so, we then become in right relationship with God. That is prescient. Please repeat that because I think people need to get that concept. Yeah. You can't, you, you, um, and before you repeat it though, you remember that part of the Bible that spoke about uh, Jesus going to the home three different times. And, you know, the people, when he came the last time or something, he says, well, you know, I was here several times. And, you know, it just shows that to to many, to many uh, people, religion is but the way the Pharisees carry it out. Well, absolutely. And it's, you know, um, we spend all of our time worshiping at the foot of the cross instead of taking up the cross. Right. So, you know, what what I had said, and I'll say it again, is we believe and most of Christianity believes this, that we have to be first in right relationship with God. And to be in right relationship with God, we have to go to church on Sundays. We have to, you know, obey the commandments. We have to hold our hands the right way when we pray. We have to, you know, maybe do some good things, bring some food in for the food pantry or stuff like that. And then once we're in right relationship with God, then we can think about being in right relationship with God's creation. And we have it backwards because we first have to be in right relationship with all of God's creation. We're part of God's creation. And then when we're in right relationship with God's creation, and that's a relationship of love, when we're in that right relationship, then we are in right relationship with God. It doesn't matter whether we go to church on Sunday or hold our hands any such way. If we're in right relationship with God's creation, we are then in right relationship with God. And that's the hope going forward. 
you know, and, and that is what I found now. And what, what, what are the things that you consider being in good relationship with nature? You explained that quite a bit. Green New Deal, you, you talk about the concepts of the Green New Deal. You talk about the, about the concepts of these other things, good air, good water, good jobs. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, being in right relationship with all of God's creation is just simply um, being part of creation. We are part of creation. We are one with creation. We have this, this theology that puts us, um, you know, we believe we're better than everything else when in fact, and that's not Franciscan. You know, there's, there's stories of how St. Francis of Assisi used to go out and preach the gospel to the birds or to the trees. And people would say to him, why are you doing that? And he said, God told me to preach the gospel to my brothers and sisters, and these are my brothers and sisters. So Francis believed that all of creation was one and that they were, we were all brothers and sisters. And so that's what being in right relationship is, is looking at creation as we are part of it, we're all one with it, we're connected, it's the interconnectedness of everything, and that we are with God co-creators for, for creation. You know, we have this theology that everything was static, you know, God created the earth, and then that was it, God still resting, and that, you know, Jesus came, and then that was it, you know, the transformation happened, the incarnation happened, and then that was it. And, you know, we're still, as Christians, we're waiting for Jesus to come again, even though if you read the gospel, Jesus said, I will always be with you. I will never leave you. Um, and so it's like, and I tell people this, I don't know if you remember, it was an old labor song. Joe Hill wrote it, 1912, and, and Pete Seeger later recorded it. And the first verse of it goes, I think it is, you will eat by and by in that great land in the sky, live and pray. Now, eat and pray, live on hay, on hay, and you'll have pie in the sky when you die. When, when Pete Seeger wrote it, he added a line uh, after that each verse that said, that's a lie. Um, but that's our theology, that we do what we, everything we do here so we can go have pie in the sky at some point in time. And if I am good here, if I help people here, it's only, it's okay as long as, only insofar as it helps me get to heaven. And that's, you know, that is actually the wrong reason, right? Oh, it absolutely is the wrong reason. We should be here. I mean, Jesus came to create heaven, not to have us go to heaven. Right. So we, and, and if you, you know, if we think of a new creation here, what would that look like? And how could we build that together? And that's what the hope is, as opposed to living in a world where we're all separate and, and we're all here just so we can go someplace else. I'm here. So, you know, someday I can get to heaven. Uh, no, you know, I, I I just always think if if more people would be if more more in the in the evangelical movement in more in the Christian movement or all religious movements would really live by the tenets that that they that they go by their humanity uh, it, it the the types of trumps that we have around the world Bolsonaro and all these other guys. Uh, they're, they're, they would be empty words. I mean, already we show, and you have shown, I mean, you even came out and pointed out when you're talking about the environment, hey, look, Trump promised you guys all these things. And even the, the promises that he made that you're voting for him for those particular matters, he's not delivering to you. And I like the way you ended the, um, the, the, the piece with a quote where you says, shouldn't we vote for the candidate who mm -hmm. understands the crisis we are in and is open to listening to visionary prophetic ideas, whether he fully agrees with them or not. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's one of the things I liked about Joe Biden. 
Um, and I know you and I have had this discussion in the past because I know you were a Bernie supporter, mm -hmm. and and I was a um, I was actually initially an Elizabeth Warren supporter. Um, but but I liked about Joe Biden is that he's willing to admit that he's made mistakes. You know, he's not locked into I. This is how we do it. He's willing to be open and listen to people. I you know I can't wait to see what his cabinet looks like because he's going to bring all kinds of interesting and fascinating people not people who just agree with him and not people who are just going to do what he wants them to do. He's going to bring people in with all new ideas, new visions. And from that, we're going to be able to build something new then, a new nation. I, I, I think so also. Now, a lot of people on my side, the progressive, the very, the, the very, very progressive side. And, you know, uh, I think I, I think we've gone through the tenets of your your um, article, which I think is great. I'm going to post process or rather I'm going to link it to your blog as well. But I, I want to touch on on something else. I, I think that um, as as we go forward, you know, there are a lot of people that are coming together to get Donald Trump out. And on the progressive side, I hear a lot of people saying things like, well, hell, now that uh, we have Republicans coming in to help out or whatever, you know, what are they going to get? To which I started, you know, I'm a very progressive guy. Yeah. But I'm also saying, yeah, they got to be around the table to those guys that have helped <laughs> oh. do this. Yeah. They've got to be around the table as well. Your yeah, thoughts? I, I absolutely agree with you. You know, if this is not a either or. It's a right. both end, and we right. have to be open to listen. I mean, I have some ideas. You have ideas. They may we may differ on our ideas, but but you know we could come together and we could reach some kind of a middle ground on those ideas. And as long as we're these are our basic principles that we're looking at, there are a lot of ways to get there. Right. And there's also it's it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to be a journey to right. get there. You know, that's one thing that the Republicans understood years ago, that they weren't going to win overnight. They were going to spend the time to do the work and to build so that they can, you know, win, which they did. We, the progressive, got frustrated when we don't win. And so then we just back away and get upset, right. and, you know, and angry because we didn't win. We didn't get our way. We're just not going to support they, anything anymore. They have been so disciplined and the thing yeah, about absolutely. it is even as they were they've always been a minority party even yes. if that's the case the one thing they knew how to do is well i i well i'll just come out and say that they knew how to twist the truth very well oh, yeah yeah or, or I, you could come out and say they knew how to lie they knew how to lie <laughs> yeah, right absolutely and in, in, and in doing so i think they did a disservice to the country i think yeah. uh, they've materially modified the the, the psyche of too many that we are going to have to uh, spend several years because of our past neglect to deprogram. Well, and, and I think, it, and part of that is we're going to have to listen. Right. Listen. We can't just go in and talk. We have to be right. listening. There's, you know, another group that I'm doing some work with is this group called the New Moral Majority. Mm -hmm. um, it's an interesting group. It's mostly more mainline Protestant. And they reached out to me because I'm Catholic and they needed a Catholic. So everybody calls me up and says, oh, we need a Catholic. <laughs> so you are, the, you are the token Catholic. I'm the token Catholic. I tell people, <laughs> you know, there are a lot more. You could go out, you could expand your horizons a little bit and reach out to other Catholics. Right. But anyways, they came up with this, this new program, uh, and they're going to keep doing it after the election, and it's called um, Operation Family Meeting. And they developed a whole discussion guide on how to talk to family members who are Trump supporters. Nice. And it's really good. It's an interesting. Um, I'll send you the, the link to it. And I'll, Excellent. You know, I'll and promote I, it. 
Yeah, and if at some point you want somebody on from that that put this together, I'm happy to set that up for you. But um, it's this whole idea of how do we talk to each other? We forgot how to listen to each other. You know, I wrote a piece a couple of years ago. It was about the second year of the Trump administration, and it was entitled um, "I'm Right, You're Evil." And you know, we used to have this idea that we could have this discussion. You know, I'm okay, you're okay. We may disagree, but we can we can agree to disagree. But now it's if you don't see things my way, you're evil, you're right. wrong. And, right. you know, we got to get away from that and start to move toward how do we all come together and, and, you know, work with each other, listen to each other, and then come up with a strategy that can work. And well, look, to, you know, from the top to the bottom. Well, Patrick, we're at the end of this interview. So okay. why don't you tell me something that you wish I had asked you that I didn't? Uh, you know, I wish you had asked me... Um, uh, what I'm going to be doing over the next two years. Um, well, tell, we me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Well, uh, you know, p- part of it is we talked earlier about um, the Republicans and how, how disciplined they were. So every couple of years when there's an election cycle, about three months before the election, the Democratic Party figures out we need to reach out to Catholics. How do we reach out to Catholics? And then they start scrambling around and trying to organize Catholics. So there's a group of us that have decided that after this election, win, lose, or draw, we're going to stay together and we're going to start organizing Catholics so that in 2022 and in 2024, we're as organized as the right-wing Catholics and the right-wing evangelicals are. So that's what my next steps are. I, you just made my day. And what it, when, when you guys are organized and when you have any issues to put out there, please contact oh, me because I think we, that is something that is long overdue. So thank mm-hmm. you for being a part of that movement. Mm-hmm. And because I, I, that will make a difference. Patrick Carolyn, Catholic activist and director of Catholic outreach for vote common good. Thank you so kindly for having thank me. You. It's always a joy and a pleasure to be with you and, and be safe. Hopefully someday we'll be able to do it in person, but uh, until then, I'm happy to talk to you. Thank you so kindly, my friend. Thank you. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.